We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app it's 9 10 thank you both ian and courtney hope you all have a great day i've been wanting to talk to this man for a long time 23 years old and he's the mayor of bugaloosa and my kid is 26 and I can't imagine that. Nothing against my kid, but I think it's an extraordinary story. I want to talk to him. Tyron Trung joins us right now. Good morning, Tyron. How are you? Good morning. I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me this morning. In my head, I am still a goofy teenage kid. In my head, when I look in the mirror, it's like, who's that guy looking at me? Because I'm still in high school. How in the hell does a 23-year-old get mature enough to run for mayor? How did that happen? What's your background? Well, you know, I went to Washington University in St. Louis. Um, I majored in political science and African-American studies. I interned on Capitol Hill um, multiple times throughout college. So, you know, I've always been interested in public service, so I just decided to throw my, my hat in the ring and see where it landed. I think it's awesome that you did that, and I think maybe it's time for some new thinking in the country and for some people to look at things from a different perspective. Real quick, I saw Sally Ann Roberts was there when you were sworn in. Is there a connection there, Tyron? Well, actually, um, there isn't a formal connection. I just grew up watching Miss um, Roberts mm-hmm. on the news, and we, we decided to reach out, and she was delighted to, to come down and do it. That's awesome. Tell me, um, at what point in your life did you think that politics is what you were going to do? Because a lot of us have different moments. I can go back. I remember the time where I decided I wanted to be in radio. Other people remember this, that. What about you? Did Were you always a politically motivated kid or what? And what's the earliest memory you have of things political? Well, I've always been um, super interested in social studies all throughout elementary school. But I think what um, cemented my, my decision to go into public service was just like a lot of other African-American kids across the country. I was in fourth grade, um, and I saw... Barack Obama gets sworn in as the president, and that, that really inspired me. What What is it uh, about so far campaigning, I guess, before you got elected? Did, did anything—here's here, the thing that I struggle with, Tyron, and, and I went through it as a parent, and I go through it in my, with my job because the civics that you learn in high school, or at least that I learned, is not the way that government works. So was that – I hear you laughing. How much of a surprise was that? Because I'm right, am I not? You are right. It's much more intricate than, than the um, the YouTube videos that they show us. I think we all watch yeah. the video of the, the bill, and I'm just a bill. On and Capitol Hill, right. Schoolhouse, Capitol Hill. Of, <laughs> Schoolhouse of Rock, I think it was. Right, right. right. Yeah. But, so, but, I, I, go ahead. 
I mean, I, I think it's just like any other thing. We oversimplify it until we actually have to specialize in it through education. So, I mean, it wasn't that much of a hiccup for me. Um, how hard is it to communicate, for you to communicate to people that there are no simple answers to complex problems? Well, my approach throughout the campaign and thus far um, has been, you know, just explain it in layman terms, as, as simple as possible, and explain what the situation is, what you can do about it, what you plan to do about it, and, and just talk about what you also can't do. Because I think some people believe that, that government is a fast process that can you just say the word and, and it has to react in the way that you say, but there are checks and balances. So I, I just try to explain the situation to the best of my ability, and so far it's worked. Have you found any prejudice to you towards you in ter- for, for your age from older uh, elected officials who are like, hey, Junior, just sit down. We'll figure this out later. Or just listen or anything like that. And I don't mean to disrespect you at all, Tyron. I'm just wondering about the mindset. Well, so far I haven't. So we've been having, um, as many people across the state know, we've been having a violent crime problem in Bogalusa, particularly mm-hmm. particularly a young, among younger um, African-American men. Um, with gun violence. So I just convened a group of local officials, the sheriff, the district attorney, um, our, our state legislators, everybody on down to the local level. And I actually came away with commitments for our um, our crime cameras. We're about to purchase some crime cameras from Project NOLA. Um, you know, they're a, a renowned program. They're situated on the campus of UNO, but they have cameras all across the country. So They've actually been, you know, I think we're energizing some people to get up and, and, and make changes. What, would, what, what needs to be changed in the city? Because, you know, you, we have a crime problem here in New Orleans, but when you look at Bugaloosa, I don't know that there's a lot of, of difference other than maybe the scale or the magnitude of it because there, I would think, some, some um, causal factors that are the same there and maybe some of the solutions would be the same. Do you break it down to long-term and short-term solutions, and what can you do now, and then what can you do to prevent the same thing from happening 10, 20 years from now? Because it seems like, Tyron, we've been having these conversations for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and if somebody were to do something and make one of those systemic changes, then maybe we wouldn't be having the same conversation over and over. Exactly, and I I think... There are short-term and long-term fixes, and that's what we're focusing on. You know, when you normally think about crime in America, you think of two um, two subsets, the, the law and order camp who, who's saying, you know, we have to be tough on crime, and then you have the other camp that, that says, well, no, we need more social workers, we need more social services. I think there's a balance there. So in the short term, we plan to be tougher on crime. But over the long term, we plan to focus more on community policing to offer that that social service point. And I think that's been the problem in politics in America. You know, everybody thinks of things in terms of red and blue or this side or that side when it's a lot of gray area and it's a lot of areas that we need to compromise on in order to get to um, solutions that actually work. All right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We come back. We're talking to Tyron Trung, mayor of Bugalusa. They got a crime problem there. This man is 23 years old, and he ran for mayor and got elected, and I can't imagine myself at 23 having that kind of responsibility. Back in a flash, Tommy Tucker, glad you're with us, WWL. 921, talking to the mayor of Bugalusa, Tyron Trung, who is 23 years old. And, Tyron, I got to tell you, um, you know, 
I think if anything's going to change in this country, it's going to be your generation that doesn't. And I think it's going to be people that are aware of the problems and not just pay it lip service, but understand what really needs to be done when you talk about young African-American men and crime and solutions and uh, preventative measures and so forth. And, and that got gets us back to, you know, you got to have long-term solutions, you got to have short-term solutions, and in the short term, you wrote a letter to the governor. Talk about that, if you will, please. Yeah, so for context, um, you know, the governor, from based on my understanding, has reached out to our city uh, multiple times under the past administration because this gun violence problem in Bogalusa isn't new. It's actually part of what fueled um, my run to actually – consider being mayor, but he he's reached out multiple times offering assistance, and he, he always fell on deaf ears. Oh, no, um, I got this. This is my town. Well, I'm taking the opposite approach. We need as much help as we can get in Bogalusa, and I welcome his help, and I hope that he can provide, you know, um, Louisiana State Police or the National Guard in the short term until we can figure out how to get this fever down. When you say predecessor, you're talking about mayor or police chief, and is a police chief on board with this letter that you sent to the governor? Well, I'm referring to um, the previous mayor, but um, <clears throat> the police chief is actually out on sick leave. Okay. <laughs> um, he, he doesn't plan to come back for a while, so we have an acting chief, and he, he's been a pleasure to work with. Um, my relationship with the police department is, is great, so... You know, I'm I'm just looking for ways that we can move forward as a city because that's a that's another major problem. We're without a, a permanent chief right now. So, when it comes to to inner city crime, you're an educated man, and I presume your beliefs carry beyond Bugaloosa and what needs to be done in this country. Correct. So, with that being said, Tyron, explain, if you will, as a young black man, a 23 year old man that is educated and elected mayor, Bugaloosa. Having grown up um, a young black man, actually, how how do we turn these problems around? How do we fix them throughout the country? You know, well, as I was saying earlier, I think it's a mix. We have to be tougher on crime, um, but we also have to increase the amount of social services. You know, a lot of this, the, the discussion that we're having in our community is, oh, well, parents aren't doing their job. Um, you have a lot of single-parent households now. You have a lot of... Um, people having kids at a much younger age. So it's basically kids raising kids. Well, yes, that's all true, but what are we going to do about it? What is the government going to step in and do? Because it's a small population that's wreaking havoc on our entire Mm -hmm. country when we talk about gun violence. We're not talking about a huge, um, let's say, 15 20% of the population that's out here just shooting people. It's it's a very small percentage, but they're doing these mass shootings. They're doing these drive-bys, and it's it's terrorizing the whole country. So what are we going to do about it as a government? And I think that's what we have to focus more on, and we have to get off of this. You know, both sides are sitting here digging in. We have to compromise because kids are literally dying in the streets, and that's been my message. That's going to continue to be my message. We have to focus on, you know, how do we sentence properly? How do we – because right now – You know, you have the police saying, oh, well, the DA won't prosecute. You have the DA saying, well, I can't get the community. Um, You have the police saying, well, I can't get the community to talk, so we don't have enough evidence to bring to the DA. So it's all a cycle. How do we get to the bottom of what the problem really is? And that's what I'm interested in. 
Where, where, where would the bottom be? What do you think? You know, I think that that the government can can act, and I'm just picking your brain here, Tyron, because I I could sit down and talk with this kind of talk with you about this kind of stuff for hours upon hours upon hours. But but how, where does it start? How do you come up with a solution that is both practical but politically acceptable? Because as you said, with everybody digging their heels in, we keep having the same conversation, same problems over and over and over again. Ideally, what would you like to see? You know, I would like to see. Well, let's let's draw it back to the local level because you know I don't really know what the answer is in, in communities. But there are the common there are commonalities. Would you not agree? I would agree, but I think so. I think the main thing is a distrust. We have a distrust of, of law enforcement across the country. We have to get back to community policing in order to restore that trust. You know, um, Black Lives Matter. You know. Um, we turned it into Blue Lives Matter. So it's, it's both sides constantly digging in. We have to come back and compromise because we're, we're losing sight of what the real issues are in, in favor of political rhetoric. So I'm just trying to, to get a, a feel for what that would look like because at some point you got to stop kids from having kids. You got to get parents to watch the kids. You got to have opportunity for kids. What kept you on a straight and narrow? Well, you know, I just had a, a great village. It takes a village to raise a child. It. I had a lot of a lot of great role models in my life, and I think that's what we have to get to. We have to invest more, like like I was saying, invest more in social services, like the Boys and Girls Club, or because if these kids aren't getting getting what they need from their house, then we have to be their family. So you know, making schools safer, pouring more resources into aftercare and before care programs. Um, doing all that we can, basically, to make up for the deficit at home because we can't police how somebody raises their child in certain aspects. Um, but what we can do is provide that child with a future using the resources that we have. And I think that's what we have to get to um, more. Instead of instead of talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, taking money away from education or, you know, changing curriculums, we should be talking about how do we reach the child in a more personal way personable manner to let them know that even if you aren't getting what you need at home, you have a family here at school or here at church that you can, that you can trust. I think we have to get back to community focused outcomes and, you know, whether that be even on the, on the topic of crime, you know, I've proposed here in in my city that we start up neighborhood watch programs because, you know, that was a big thing back in the nineties and two thousands, but somewhere along the way we got away from it. So we just have to go back to what we know works we need a better sense of community. Have you gotten any, first of all, let me go take a step back first. When you talked about uh, churches, because what do you think the role of NGOs should be if we in this, if we are going to turn this country around and fix things, give everybody an opportunity, keep people from taking the wrong road, et cetera? I'm sorry, you said the role of... NGOs, not government organizations? Yeah, so I think that they have to take a, a bigger approach. You know, I've been chatting with, with the faith-based community here in my city, and my message has been we're going to do all that we can to support you, but we need you all to get out and start reaching people where they are. You know, church doesn't start and end in, a, in the physical church. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you have to go out into the community and bring um, <clears throat> bring patrons back and and loop them into what, what you're doing because a lot of people aren't going to go into a church, especially the stigma that churches have these days. 
um, which I attend church regularly, but everybody's not like me. So we have to go out and bring people back. And I, I think that's what, that's what's going to have to happen. You know, more involvement in the community, whether it's, you know, festivals for the children, whether it's mentorship programs, whether it, because everybody still does summer um, vacation Bible school, but we need more. We have to have more outreach, like I said, to let these, these kids know and provide structure for them that we're here for you. And I think that's what we've lost since COVID as a society. It just feels like everybody is on the edge all the time. Everybody's angry. We have to get back to pre-COVID social norms. This is going to sound terrible, but for somebody that, say, is 40 to 50 years old, is white and lives in the suburbs, what message do you have for them about dealing with crime in the inner city or as it relates to poor youth that they don't get, that they may have to come around on a way of thinking to realize if they really want to fix the problem of crime? Yeah, I would just say, you know, um, we we have to get back in the mindset of I am my brother's keeper. So whether your brother is in an inner city or not, I mean, we're all tied in together. When we're talking about violent crime, we're starting to see it come into rural communities. Bogalusa isn't a huge city. We have a population of about 10,000. So we would be considered rural by most accounts. It's, it's not just in the inner cities. It's bleeding into the heartland of America. And I would say um, to those in the suburbs, you know, pay attention. Let's start doing what you can. Let's support organizations that are do- on the ground doing the work in inner cities because nobody's immune. And it's it's not, you know, gun violence happens whether you're in downtown of a of a major area or whether you're on the back roads of a countryside. You know, it can happen to anybody. So I, I just think we need to all tune in to what's going on. You talk about people digging their heels in. Have you had any pushback on what it is you want to do in Bugaloosa yet? Well, for the most part, not yet. Um, I think everybody's optimistic. Everybody's um, excited to see what's about to happen. You know, I did receive pushback when I called on Chief Kendall Bullen to resign. But, you know, I wasn't doing it out of just because of the Eric Nelson case, um, which the DA just rendered a decision on. I was also doing it because I think his his entire tenure has been marred with callousness, you know, well, I, I believe in community policing, and I believe that his tenure has been the opposite of community policing. So I think that he's a major barrier to, to reform in Bogalusa. And for people that don't know, explain that very quickly, if you will, some context on that. On on the police chief? Or yeah, on, and Eric Nelson, all of it. Right. So Eric Nelson was an, an unarmed um, black man who – the advocate released footage of him being drug out of a cop car. He was um, he looked visibly unconscious already, um, and the story has changed multiple times. So that's what that was the the straw that broke the camel's back for me in calling for the police chief's resignation. And that's a police chief that is on sick leave. Right, he's currently on sick leave. And what did the DA say? Well, he just released a statement. Um, I think yesterday or. Sometime Friday, I want to say, um, stating that there are he's not going to file criminal charges, but there is still a civil lawsuit out. It's always hard um, to get police officers on criminal charges due to um, <clears throat> qualified immunity. But 
I look forward to, um, you know, gathering whatever evidence we have that we can resubmit because the DA has indicated that he is open to reopening the investigation if he is presented with new information. I guarantee you, Mayor, some people just heard you say that you want to defund the police. That's not what you said at all, but I can guarantee you that's what some people uh, heard. That is not what you're saying at all, correctly? Correct? You're talking about community policing. Right. We're talking about community police, and I am not in favor of defunding the police. Actually, I'm working to get them more resources um, so that so that we can start out at a higher pay as well as hire more officers. So I am definitely not in favor well, of no, And I'm not trying police. to falsely attribute that to you. I just know what sometimes what people hear and what you say right. is not the same right. thing at all. Um, any final thoughts, Mayor? It's been a pleasure talking to you. And i got to tell you, uh, people like you make me encouraged about the future of the country because because we wonder sometimes you know what i'm saying and and it just seems Correct. like it just seems like you uh you got it together you understand what the problems are you realize the pro- political realities of it um and and I, god bless you man good luck any final thoughts no sir i appreciate you for having me on uh, you have to serve me but thank you young man all right. All right. Have a great day. Mayor Young Man, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. 934, we'll talk to um, Jeremy Alford when we come back, editor and publisher of La Politics, about the special session that tackle the insurance crisis. I'm going to tell you what, uh, my age is a well-kept secret. I got a 26-year-old kid, but if we're going to deal with some of the problems we have in this country, I firmly believe this. We better start listening to what some of the 20-year-olds have to say. And maybe even some of the 30-year-olds, 935 now, traffic, WWL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 